Well, I guess we could throw in some cricket as well. Andrew Voss joins us, of course, uh, in RL commentator for Fox Sport. And Andrew, we're ha- having a hard time figuring out who's the bigger bozo or the biggest buff, uh, Darren <laughs> Lehman or Bob Fulton. Oh yeah, what a what a well, you know, it's probably not worthy of the Olympic Games, but the Commonwealth Games, um, the two of them to go head to head. Look, first of all, Darren Lehman, I, and everyone's made the points. I mean, it has been extraordinary that um, you know when it happened and within 24 hours, can you name another coach in the world of sport who would just stand in the background and not say anything? It is just amazing. Well, what's his role? So, what's his what's what is the point? of the coach with the cricket team um, that uh, that the, the players could just be put up and, you know, hung dry and quartered as they should be. And, and, and Lehman just having been caught on film as well as part of the cover-up, whether he was part of the initial process, doesn't matter. The, the cover-up was in some ways worse. In some ways worse the way it was executed and, and the walkie-talkies like a Seinfeld episode covering the mouth and, Twelfth man goes out, and oh yeah, what a mess! And then Bob Fulton, well, look, he's got a he's got an army of supporters in the media here, so it makes it very hard for any reporting of um, what's happened um, to be fairly presented. It's very hard for the fans of the game to to work out what's right, what's wrong. The NRL Integrity Unit, why would they lie? They said they've approached him seven times to present his case, and he knocked them back every time. And now he says that no, I never got a chance to defend. So. Where's the truth? I don't know, but it's, you know, uh, the, the Manly Club, there's been a bad smell about him for a long time, and yesterday things caught up with him. I, I thought it was interesting. There's a headline that I'm having a look at. Uh, former Manly coach Jeff Toovey, unaware of salary cap cheating, and, of course, he's the guy that uh, really did think. There's got to be an investigation into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, he got I, his investigation. I, you know what? It, it's It's... It's really hard for commentators, not just not just the humble listener and fan of the game, for commentators whose job it is to follow the rugby league to examine all the fine print and the detail of salary cap scandals. Like straight away, of the obvious reaction from fans is, why aren't they losing points? But I just step back and say, well, you, you've got to go case by case. But I've now since spoken to people who have examined the evidence more. And it seems to me that you start to lean more towards, well, why aren't they? Why haven't they lost points this year? Um, so I'm going to do a bit more investigation on that today. But I'm just telling you, I'm passing on to you this morning, that the people I spoke to last night that had looked at it closely, at the fine print a little closer, they suggested Manly are very, very lucky in that regard. Well, Vossi, break it down for the layperson then. Exactly what is the nature of the cheating that has been levelled at the Manly Sea Eagles and how big a deal is this? Well, it it just boils down to, I guess if you want to get semantics and you want to just say there will be those that argue, and Manly still last night, the the owner, the, the Black Pen, the owner saying, you know, we are not salary cap cheats. They will say inadvertently broke the cap. You know, they will say that in, in regards third party and all sorts of things that they inadvertently broke the cap. But the fact that they have been fined suggests that it was deliberate and organised. And, and, and once that... It's, OK, bring cricket into it. Once it's been discussed and planned, then I'm afraid the penalty, to me, is that the club is... If, you know, if that's the case that the club has made a plan, has, has, has come up with an idea to cheat other clubs. Therefore, 
I think the, the, the deterrent has to be points, not just financial, don't you? Yeah. Well, even I, if it was even if it was for for three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars, if it's not if it's not inadvertent, if it's not you know third party or um, incentive contracts that you know got out of hand because a player played red football, he played X amount of first grade games and all these sorts of things. If it's planned to cheat the cap, then no matter what the the amount you went over the cap, then I believe you should lose competition points. And I guess in this instance. Andrew, other clubs, you could actually work out that other clubs have been legitimately cheated here, i.e. the Titans, who have missed out on the services of Cherry Evans, haven't they? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, you can... This is the thing about when you isolate, okay, they, you know, well, they shouldn't have signed... They wouldn't have been able to have signed that player. But it's what about the players they were able to retain? And, yeah, Cherry Evans is the most most obvious example of that. Uh, that, that while this is going on to be able to compete, yeah, the re-signing... So should the current... That's one of the questions you've got to ask. Should the current Manly roster exist given what we now know and what the league acted on yesterday? Well, I, I think everyone's answer to that is no, it would not exist. Um, and, I, and I know they had to go easy in the most recent off-season. The only reason is that is because of this. But, you know, go back to the previous off-season and, and, you know, OK, I'll give you another player. Dylan Walker, should he be at, should he be at Manly? You know, a, a, an Origin player and um, an international, should, should he be there? Would they have been able to, to sign him? Um, no, there'd be lots of examples along the way. But then along the way also, the players they retained, could they have done it if they, uh, if they weren't doing this? No, it, it, it stinks. No question it stinks. Uh, we've got Vossi with us. Vossi, everyone who picked the Warriors to come last is now going, isn't that great? I inspired them. I put a bomb under them. That was me. It's all It's all for me. Uh, are they the feel-good um, story of the season so far for you? Are they the feel-good story? Well, yeah, I feel great for them. <laughs> I, I, for their fans and the club, I feel great for them. And, uh, and look, I go back to the pre-season documentary, which we, we all got to saw. I, I just think that was an absolute masterstroke to... Um, to, to throw open the doors to what was going on at the Warriors and and uncensored, put it out there. It was real. It was challenging the players. It was, we're not taking any more crap um, and, and it's accountability. And now they've backed it up on the field. Um, the, the method of victory over the, th- the first three weeks has been different each week. Um, there's still some very big matches to come and, and I'm probably holding out before I use the expression there, the real deal until probably round six. Um, but uh, they've got to be very happy with what they've achieved. And, and, and you know, it, it, t- teams don't just fluke what they did on the weekend. It was, a, a, look, if the, the, the Warriors of last year would have been no chance to win that game because Canberra would already have 30 points on the board going into the last three minutes. The Warriors restricted Canberra to under 20, therefore they were a chance to win and backed themselves to do it even right up to the last minute. Vossi, I, I, my theory is this. Uh, you beat the Roosters this week if you're the Warriors, and then you are definitely for real. Uh, w- would you be the, the same on that one? Because I think a lot of people are just waiting to see. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, it, well this, is the, this becomes the biggest game. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the Roosters have got two pretty decent wins under their belt. Certainly, uh, Sunday night was, um, was comprehensive against the night. So, no, but I want more than one. I'd, I'd, I'm going to hold off. And this is a man who has the Warriors who had the Warriors in his top eight before the season started. I wasn't one of the spoon men. I had them in my eight. Um, I'm still waiting to, say, round six to, um, to, to chalk them up. I mean, and, and I'll, OK, I'll give you a case in point. The Dragons of last year, 
who won six of their first seven and didn't make the eight. So I just need to see a little bit more of the Warriors before I make the big state. Okay, well, you've seen three games the Roosters have played. They're two and one. They're, they are the next opposition for the Warriors. Are the Roosters the real deal? I think, well, the, the, the Roosters are based on um, uh, Tedesco, Kiri, Kronk. Uh, as long as they're on the field this year, if everyone else just does their job, I mean, just does their job, these three blokes are going to lead them to the promised land. They're going to score a lot of points. Um, they're going to do what they did to Newcastle the other night to plenty of sides. So, um, no, look, I've, I've, I thought this year there would be a big three. I said that before the season. I thought there'd be Melbourne, Cowboys, Roosters. Once the dust settles, there'd be the three um, premier clubs, if you like, and all the rest would be fighting behind them. But um, I've, I've seen that Melbourne, I, I know Melbourne will be one of those. Um, I think I've seen already of the Roosters and their roster to think they will be. And um, the Cowboys, I think, still will be. But obviously, uh, this week's a pretty big game for them, having lost back to back. Yeah, hey, thanks, Vossie. As always, every Tuesday, Andrew Voss joins us from Fox Sports in Sydney. Our rugby league, of course, with TNT Express Deliveries, we thank you. Roosters Warriors this weekend.